Wildcard Weekend crossover Thursday. Locked on Bucks, locked on Washington football team. I'm joined by Chris Russell to talk about the Washington Redskins and Tampa Bay Buccaneers contest coming up this Saturday night right here on the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Bucks Nation, to today's Wild Card crossover episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast. We've got playoff football to talk about, and it's all brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. I am your host, David Harrison. James Yarko is off for today's episode. Find James on Twitter at JYarko underscore Bucks. Find me at DHarrison82. Find everything we are writing about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Bucks underscore Nation or at BucksNation.com. And of course, find the show at Locked on Bucks. Guys, we've got a jam-packed crossover episode today as Chris Russell, the host of the Locked On Washington football team podcast, joins me to talk about this weekend's upcoming wildcard matchup between the Washington football team and your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But before we do that, guys, I saw a raffle on a Facebook group page uh, that was posted by a Buccaneers fan, and they're trying to help out contribute a little bit to what the buck matters. And so I reached out to them and said, hey, listen, let us help you reach out to Buccaneers fans. Some of you probably already seen this raffle. You already know what's going on, but some of you may not. So if we could turn even a couple of you back onto it, we would love to help out. So before we dive into the crossover, I wanted to take a second and let you guys hear from them. Good day. This is your boy Bucks Addict coming from What the Buck Really Matters here to tell you about our new raffle we have going on for the new year. Custom-made Buccaneer flag mailbox. This thing is an absolute beauty. Tickets cost $10 per um, ticket for the raffle and... The drawing will be held this Saturday at our watch party at our tailgate site, 3316 West Ohio Avenue in Tampa, right across from the Buck Stadium. If you're interested in getting into this drawing, you can look us up on Buck's Life fan page on Facebook or Aaron Hawkins on Facebook, E-R-I-N-H-A-W-K-I-N-S. This thing is a beauty. It was donated by gentleman by the name of Greg Brower. It is a one-of-a-kind, beautiful work of art, and you really need to see it and get your hands on it. So please come donate uh, your money and your time by coming out to the tailgate and getting getting in on this raffle. Beautiful prize for one lucky fan. Go Bucks! All right, guys, so there you have it. If you want to get in on the action on that, by all means, go ahead and do so. Follow those instructions there in the voicemail. Uh, for those of you who maybe heard it but didn't take everything down or register everything, uh, I'll play it one more time before we leave today's episode so you guys will get a chance to hear that again. But for now, let's get on with the Crossover Thursday episode and welcome in Chris Russell of the Locked On Washington Football Podcast. All right, everybody, we welcome you to a special crossover edition Thursday style right here on the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast and the Locked on Bucks podcast. That's right, because it is playoff week. It is wild card round playoff week, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Washington football team are meeting up Saturday night, FedEx Field, 8.15 Eastern time. You, of course, watch it on NBC nationally. And joining 
us right now on this crossover edition is David Harrison. He's the co-host of the Locked on Bucks podcast, uh, which you, of course, can hear him and his co-host, James, throughout the week. Uh, and they do a great, great job. And uh, David, happy new year. Thanks for doing this. As always, great to be on with you. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, Chris. Happy New Year to you as well and to your Washington football team audience. Hope everybody out there is doing well. And yeah, playoff football. I mean, who would have thought, you know, in the early summer? I mean, once Tom Brady came to Tampa, I think we started thinking about it. But mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think we anybody could have predicted how the season went down. And I mean, just happy to be here, a full season in the books. And then uh, the postseason looks like it's going to get underway pretty well as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, and, and you know, when you say nobody could have expected, I mean, yeah, you're right. I think Tom Brady is obviously expected to make the playoffs every year. Nobody could have expected Washington, uh, especially with all that they had to overcome and a one of five start and a two and seven start. And here we are with this big game. So let's, uh, I know we're, you're going to ask me some questions about, you know, Washington. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm of course fascinated by everything Tom Brady does. Uh, and, you know, I've talked to a couple of people this week. I, as a matter of fact, I actually asked Ron Rivera on, um, on Wednesday about this. Uh, so I'm curious on your thoughts. Tom was known as more of a short passing game for the most part, a uh, tight passer, a lot of pick routes, rub routes, that type of thing, little crossers, you know, get the ball out of his hands pretty quickly, lack of mobility. That's kind of Josh McDaniel's system. Right in New England, but when you go to Tampa, when you make the decision, and you know Bruce Arians has always liked to throw deep, mm -hmm. and clearly they have had some success there, but I know there was some struggles. Yep. How would you say the evolution has gone over this first year, 16 games in, to Tom's transition from, again, what they mostly ran in New England to what they like to run here in Tampa? You know, I think... Uh, the reason that Tom Brady is in Tampa is because of the differences. Like when you, mm -hmm. when you look at uh, coach Belichick, you look at coach Arians. I mean, I don't know if they're complete polar opposites, but they're pretty, pretty different type of personalities. When you, when you look, especially talking to the media, you know, Bruce Arians uh, is, is not going to shy away from really any question. He's going to tell you exactly what he thinks. And he'll, he'll tell it to you a hundred times. If you ask him the same question a hundred times, uh, whereas bill is more likely to shut you down than, than anything after being asked the same question twice. Um, and then, you know, you have Bruce Arians in his high-flying style. I think Tom Brady was looking, you know, at that stage in his career. He had already accomplished everything. I mean, he's not – he wasn't going to go out of Tampa as being, you know, less than the greatest quarterback to ever play. Like, I think that legacy was already cemented. So he was looking to get back to the fun of playing football. And, and you can't blame New England for doing what they do, but it's kind of their mantra, do your job and just do it well and everything will take care of itself. And so they don't need a quarterback to throw, you know, 50-yard bombs, 60-yard bombs. Whereas Bruce Arian says, do your job, but your job is to throw those bombs. And I think he's, he's having fun doing it. He's loving doing it. And then, yeah, there was a, a stretch there in the middle of the season where they really quite weren't, they weren't on the same page. The receivers and the quarterback weren't quite on the same page. The pass rush uh, was getting home to Tom a little bit more than everybody liked. But then as you see later in the season, they're getting back on the same page. He and Mike Evans uh, have had, had an amazing stretch of four games here to complete the season, uh, especially in yard production to get Mike Evans that record and, and to beat Randy Moss to that, you know, seventh straight 1000 yard uh, season to start his career. I think a lot of those things are what attracted Tom Brady to Tampa. And I think what we're seeing in the later part of the season is Tom Brady's pretty much been fine this entire time. What's needed to get fixed is the communication and the, and the cohesion between he and his, his receivers and even Rob Gronkowski getting fully into football shape. And I think, like I said, the last quarter of, this, of the season, that's what you're seeing. He and Mike Evans are, are in rhythm. He and Antonio Brown are getting back in rhythm. He and Chris Godwin, really, as long as Chris has been healthy, they've been great. Um, and then you see Rob Gronkowski getting to peak shape. I mean, I don't know that we've seen Rob Gronkowski play this well since maybe 2015 
Um, and, and they're all just primed for the playoffs if Mike can get over that knee injury. More coming on this Crossover Thursday episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast. David Harrison joined by Chris Russell of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. And this episode, guys, is brought to you by betonline.ag. Getting ready for the college football playoff championship, getting ready for the NFL wildcard round, Super Bowl favorites, all kinds of stuff going on in sports right now in the new year. And if you're going to put money on all the things going on, there's only one place I want you to go, and that's betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use a promo code locked on, and you get a 50% welcome bonus just for signing up and being a listener. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, guys. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you register at betonline.ag. Bet online, your online sports book experts. More wild card crossover coming up on segment two of the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back now to continue our crossover Thursday episode conversation between the hosts of the Locked On Washington football team, Locked On Bucks, Chris Russell, David Harrison, talk about wild card football. When we left the first segment, we were talking about our friends at betonline.ag. And guys, if you're looking to get in on that action, then you need to get in with Locked On Bets. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and hopefully a few more wins in 2021. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. More now in my conversation with Chris Russell, the host of the Locked On Washington football podcast as we dive into this weekend's wildcard matchup between the Washington football team and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This offensive line for Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know Tristan Wirfs has been really impressive as a rookie on the right side. I know Ali Marpet missed a couple of games, and that really hurt them. Right. Uh, it seems like Ryan Jensen has been okay, and it's a little bit of a badass at at, at center. Um, and... and um, the, the uh, left tackle, Donovan, um, Donovan Smith, uh, yeah. Donovan Smith. Uh, sorry. I'm having a little bit of a brain freeze. I'm, I was thinking Donovan McNabb for whatever reason, <laughs> uh, yeah, too many, too many bad stories and nightmares about that. Uh, Donovan <laughs> Smith has, you know, struggled a little bit, but how would mm-hmm. you, how would you say this offensive line is, is gelling together right now at the most critical juncture? Lately, they've been playing really well. Um, and, and there's a little bit to be said about the level of competition they faced in the last quarter of the season. Uh, they had the Atlanta Falcons twice and then the Detroit Lions in there. And, and I mean, that's, you know, that's not going to blow anybody's socks off. But the the big thing there, when you look at the left tackle position, especially Donovan Smith is a player that Buccaneers fans love to hate. Like uh, if, if, if there's pressure issues happening with Tom Brady uh, and really even going back to Jameis Winston, Donovan Smith is most likely the source of that pressure. And Buccaneers fans are not hesitant uh, to, to point that out on social media. And the media is not hesitant to ask questions about it, of course, uh, as soon as it comes up. And Donovan's used to it. He used to combat people on social media about it, but I think he's learned over the years that's kind of a losing battle no matter, even if you win the argument, you're still going to lose the image, you know? Um, mm. So he's kind of he, he's kind of backed away from that. But really, I mean, Donovan's having one of his better years as, a, as an NFL professional. I still wouldn't put him in the top five you know, he may not even be in the top 10 of, of NFL left tackles, but I mean, he's a serviceable left tackle. Uh, and something that we have to tell people on our show all the time is there are not, you know, there's not 35 starting left tackles walking around this country, walking around this globe, just waiting for an NFL roster to come get them. Unfortunately, there are going to be some t- some teams that have a little bit of a deficiency, especially at, the, at one of those positions because of how difficult it really is to do. But Donovan has slowly but surely become, I wouldn't say a strength, but less of a liability. 
you know, and then uh, when you look across the line, Ali Marpet, just consummate professional, and yeah, missing those games with a concussion. You had Joe Hay come in, and he didn't do very well, and then A.Q. Shipley came in, filled in admirably, but then he ended up having a career-ending injury. Uh, Ryan Jensen is, is, like you said, he's at Pitbull, which is just funny because off the field, he's the nicest guy in the world, but you right. put him between those lines, and he just turns into a monster. Uh, Tristan Wirfs, you know, we all think he's a rookie of the year candidate, but we know a right tackle is not going to win offensive rookie of the year. Um, and then Alex Kappa, the right guard that nobody talks about. It's it's awesome that nobody talks about it because uh, about him because it shows how consistent he's been uh, during his time starting there, his second year starting as a right guard there. So they're coming together, uh, but you know everybody also knows that defensive front for Washington, especially guys like Chase Young, Montez Sweat, uh, are going to create problems. And a lot of people are kind of wondering, you know, a lot. Well, a lot of people in, in Bucks fan. Uh, fandom are talking about Chase Young versus Tristan Wirfs, mm -hmm. but it's going to be Chase Young versus Donovan Smith uh, yep. more, more often than not. So yeah. uh, I think I think once Bucks fans realize that it's Donovan Smith that's going to be facing number 99 there, they might get a little bit more nervous. Uh, but Tom Brady is aware of where Chase Young is going to be. And I know for a fact that even just yesterday, that he and his offensive linemen were off on the side during practice, during the walkthrough, uh, working on calls and adjustments and shifts. Uh, to make sure that they're as, as prepared as they can be to face that Washington defense. Yeah, because they will flip occasionally Chase Young to the left side, but mostly, mostly right. he's on the right side and Montez Sweat is on the left side. Now, of course, they have the former first-round pick, Ryan Kerrigan, yeah. who can come in and create a little hay, and uh, they're pretty good up the middle and the interior, too, with uh, Allen Payne and Tim Settle. Um, let me ask Imagine you, if they uh, still had Ioannidis out there. Yeah, no, you're right. And, <laughs> you know, hopefully he'll be back uh, next year and healthy. Uh, David, we'll come back and we'll talk about the Washington football team. I know you have a couple of questions that you want uh, uh, to answer. And uh, we'll talk more about this matchup. Great insight and analysis, of course, uh, on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are indeed coming to FedEx Field on Saturday night. This is a crossover Thursday edition of the Locked on Bucks and Locked on Washington football team podcast, along with David Harrison. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. And, of course, a happy new year. We're right back in a flash. All this is brought to you by Built Bar, the most delicious protein bar you will ever try. Guys, just this afternoon, my family and I went out, we ran some errands, and we each loaded up with a with a Built Bar before we hit the door to make sure that we weren't starving hungry and weren't lacking energy as we were out and about. My wife had a raspberry bar. I had a strawberry bar. And my daughter also had a strawberry bar, but there's other amazing flavors, guys. Cookies and cream, cherry barcia. Right now, they have dark chocolate cookie dough available. I've got some of those on the way. All of these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're also healthy for you guys. Whether you're trying to lose, maintain weight, whatever you're doing, these bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They're great for anybody trying or on the keto diet. All you got to do is go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Segment three of today's Locked On Bucks, Locked On Washington Football Team crossover episode coming up. Back now to wrap up the conversation between me, David Harrison, host of the Locked On Bucks podcast, and Chris Russell, host of the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. When you're getting ready for game day on Sunday, guys, look no further than the Sunday pregame show brought to you by Locked On NFL Sunday. These guys talk about every game and every team in depth. Check out the Locked On NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern time. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff, just football every Sunday morning with hosts Cody Rourke and Ross Jackson. Follow and subscribe on Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Don't forget to turn on notifications and you'll get notified when the shows go live. Again, 
every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. That's Locked On NFL Sunday Live. Let's get back into the conversation between me and Chris Russell, the host of the Locked On Washington Football Podcast. Uh, I know for a fact, you know, I, I've been listening to your show for a while now, and I've even gone back and listened to some shows that I missed. And uh, I'm not going to call out one of our fellow hosts on the network, but I know for a fact there was a certain host uh, from a certain team in your division who very early in the year said he's not worried about the Washington football team. Uh, and it turns out that that guy's team is is sitting at home while Ron Rivera and that team that he wasn't worried about are hosting a wild card matchup. So um, great things that in 2020 as well. And, and I mean, Ron Rivera, full, full disclosure, my listeners know this Ron Rivera is one of my favorite coaches in the national football league. Uh, last time I got to be near him, he was still coaching Carolina. It was at the, at the NFL combine. And I mean, I sat there and watched his press, you know, his press time, I have nothing to ask him. I mean, you know, I could ask him some things covering the Bucks, but I'm really just sitting there just listening to him talk. One of my favorite guys, you know, in the league and all that stuff. So happy to see this team having some early yeah. success, you know, relative success <laughs> um, uh, in, in the first year there. You know, you know this, David. He He's a football coach's football coach. Like, I mean, make no mistake about it. He gets agitated about some things and he'll get short when he wants to get short. But for the most part, Ron is uh, – very transparent. Ron is uh, easy to get a good answer from. If you ask a good question, he's not going to belittle you or anything like that. If you ask him, you know, maybe a generic question or anything, uh, but he's really good and thoughtful and, um, uh, some would call it long-winded. I'm used to being long-winded, so I appreciate it. I get it. Yeah. I understand it. But, you know, Ron is what I would call, you know, kind of a salt-of-the-earth uh, type person. Listen, he's going to light you up and get into you if you screw up and if you make him look bad. But if you do what he says – and from a football player perspective, and if you buy in and if you give 110%, Ron's going to be your guy and absolutely. Ron's going to support you. Yep, Absolutely. Uh, and Chris, as we get into this game, I mean, uh, injury reports came out on Wednesday and I was surprised to see Kendall Fuller's name on there, a limited participant on Wednesday due to a knee injury. I mean, what's the latest on that? Was that expected? Is that something that you knew was coming up? Uh, no, I know they did that, a walkthrough on Tuesday. And is there any real threat he won't play on Saturday? Yeah, he wasn't on it on Tuesday. So, you know, that, I, I mean, that's an interesting situation. I mean, you know, like sometimes guys just come in and they're a little bit sore or whatever. If Kendall Fuller can't go, then obviously they're in trouble. Now, they did play Fabian Moreau. Uh, more Sunday night in Philadelphia than they had been. And maybe that's A, by design. Maybe that's a good thing because uh, A, when you're kind of looking at this matchup with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, you're going to have multiple, multiple receivers and different, you know, sets and packages that you're going to have to run out more than, you know, sometimes just three corners. Uh, so you're going to have to mix it up. But number m number two, maybe they knew something a little bit ahead of time with Kendall Fuller that they didn't necessarily put on uh, the injury report. That's kind of how the original Alex Smith injury happened. So, right. um, you know, sometimes, I mean, you know, again, Tuesday was a walkthrough. Wednesday was a full practice. Thursday, uh, here we'll, we'll and, you know, and we're recording this Wednesday night. Thursday, we'll kind of have a, a good idea. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't expect Kendall Fuller to miss this game, but he did miss the first two games of the year because of a knee injury. So, um, you know, we, we, we didn't know that when we talked to Ron Rivera. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to have to kind of hammer down on that, if you will, mm -hmm. um, here after practice on Thursday. Okay. Yeah. Definitely something to keep an eye on for both sides. Cause I mean, if Kendall Fuller's not out there against this offense, uh, that Tampa Bay has with Tom Brady rolling out there. That's obviously a, a big problem, even though there are some capable, uh, guys in there to pick up the slack. Uh, of course, Chris, you know, the, some headlines were made right after, uh, the, the Washington football team beat the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, I, myself, you know, Chase Young went on record and said, Hey, it's the media's job 
to stir things up. And I got to, you know, I, I chuckle at it because I say, yeah, I wrote an article about it too, Chase. You know, I get, get what you're saying. Um, but for those of you of, of them out there listening to the show that haven't heard it yet, I do have the clip. So I got to want to let them hear what Chase Young had to say as he ran off the field after defeating the Eagles. So that's uh, Chase Young running off the field saying he wants Tom. But Chris, uh, Chase Young wasn't the only person that came out and said that he wants uh, Tampa Bay to face the Washington football team in the playoffs. And I've got a little bit of a receipt here that I want to play, if that's okay. Yeah. Matchup that I I think that's, you know, pretty realistic um, that would probably be the best for them. And I can't believe I'm saying this is Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. <laughs> um, you know, I think I think they handle the non-mobile quarterback way, 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 way better than they handle the mobile quarterback. And so, I, I, you know, ultimately, as many weapons as Tampa has, and I still would pick Tampa in that game as much for their offense as it is their I mean, as much for their defense as it is their offense. Um, but I would think that's probably the best matchup for them. <laughs> right, that so guy Chris, sounds like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you you recognize your own voice, which is good. Uh, yeah. For those who haven't caught on yet, that is Chris Russell, host of Locked on Washington Football Team podcast, talking uh, a few weeks ago now, a couple weeks now, uh, to Bill Rossetti, the host of Locked on Panthers podcast. He asked you who you thought Washington would match up uh, against mm. best in the playoffs, you know, if that time were to come and you did pick the Buccaneers and it wasn't disrespectful at all. I mean, I played the entire clip so we could hear it wasn't, you know, a, a I want Tom Brady because right, we're going right. to take him down type of thing. Um, but I mean, Chase wants him. You picked it as a good matchup. And listen, I think it's a good matchup, too. I'm looking forward to this game because I think it's going to be a fight that you want to see in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so just what are your overall thoughts about this matchup now that it is here? And, and and again, I mean, listen, I would rather not go up against Rob Gronkowski, Cam Rate, uh, Ronald Jones, uh, Leonard Fournette, uh, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller. I would and oh, and Tom Brady and a good offensive line. I would rather not do that, right? I mean, if he, I mean, if if we're being totally honest, I, I would, you know, I, I would like. Um, you know, I, I would like a pedestrian opponent if I could get it right. Because right. this is a pedestrian Washington offense. Uh, the reason again, and I said it in the clip, the reason why is because they have indeed struggled all year long against teams that a can run the football and are committed to running it and be the mobile quarterback. So in addition to Tom not being a mobile quarterback, I don't know, and I didn't know then if Tampa was, we kind of discussed this last segment, if Tampa was really committed to running it. Now, I right. think there'll be enough in the lead in this game that Tampa will probably run it ultimately more than they have certainly in 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 several games this year and certainly not that, that Sunday night blowout. But those teams that are committed to that and can do it well, David, and again, have the mobile quarterback have given this defense fits all year long and they probably yeah. give other defenses fits. So that's why I said that. That being said, Washington's defense, if they don't create two or three turnovers, two minimum and ideally three, you know, they're, they're still, even if they play reasonably well, going to give up 24 points minimum in this game. And I just don't see, I just don't see the Washington offense being able to, I don't even know if they're going to score 20 plus, never right. mind 24 plus, and you might need 27 or 30. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's really going to be the biggest question in this game is, is can that, that offense in Tampa that suddenly become a very, very good first half offense 
uh, where they were struggling so much during the season beforehand, continue that pace and put a lot of pressure early on Alex Smith or Tyler he- Taylor Heineke and whoever's leading that offense. Because, um, and, and I've heard you talk about this before too, but uh, Scott Turner has, has gotten some criticism for relying on the more short intermediate uh, passing games, not taking those big shots, but this Buccaneer secondary. Uh, and we did talk about this a little bit on the previous segment. Um, they haven't done very well this year against teams that like to take shots down the field. Um, and it really kind of started with the Los Angeles Chargers. They're the, one, they're the ones who kind of outed this Buccaneers defense for maybe being a little bit susceptible to the deep ball. And then with the injury to Vita Vea impacting the pass rush as much as it has, even though this team is still up there in sacks, there, there is a drop off in that pass rush. A lot of other teams have, have tried to test that as well. And then you add into this game specifically, I know that Ron Rivera has said uh, they're playing with house money, which I love that analogy given his nickname is, as Riverboat Ron. They're basically playing with house money. Nobody expected them to be there anyway, anyway right? Uh, like, like we referenced earlier, uh, nobody's worried about the Washington football team this season. So really, I mean, if they lose in the wild card round, it's not like a lot of people are going to say, oh, what a disappointment and da, 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 da. But at the same time, you still want to win. Do you think that a combination of maybe some of that criticism, the Buccaneers' defensive history against deep ball teams, and the fact that they are, quote-unquote, playing with house money impacts how Scott Turner calls his game against Todd Bowles' defense? You know, I mean, I, I've been trying to figure this out all week, right? Because I think you're going to be able to – I think you're going to need to take some deep shots. I think um, you're going to have to – look, this offense just doesn't work. It's a horizontal offense by nature, and it just does not work when they cannot run the ball, which I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball uh, and and want to run the ball. And when you don't have a mobile quarterback, as we discussed, uh, you know, with what hurts Washington's defense, and Alex Smith is compromised, and Heineke obviously has more mobility if they rotate him, him, and or, or play. But this offense has worked at its best when they take a deep shot or two earlier in the game. And it doesn't have to be a 40-yard bomb down the field or anything like that, but sometimes, you know, you can do that. You run a deep post, you run a deep go, you run, you know, a a deep in, intermediate crossing route kind of like between the linebackers and 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 maybe the, you know, the the back line. You know, something like that to loosen things up over the middle of the field and to loosen things up underneath so that they can do essentially what they want to do. Again, a more horizontal uh, offense and then get, you know, Logan Thomas matched up on a linebacker or on... Um, you know, on the other safety, maybe not Winfield or or or, or something like that. So mm. I would expect, especially if I would expect early, because if Alex Smith starts as we expect, last week in Philadelphia, as the game wore on, he had less and less ability to do stuff, and they were just trying to get the ball out of his hands. Um, so which meant quick drops. Like earlier in the game, they were running five and seven step drops. They were running him from shotgun uh, and even from gun. They were dropping him back out of that another three or four steps, uh, you know, that type of thing. So I would expect it earlier in the game to loosen up things as much as possible right away, because I think, David, if you wait until the second quarter because your horizontal passing game is not working and you can't run the ball, you're going to be down 17 to nothing. And this is a horrible first half team on offense, on defense. It's not good either. They have been outscored wildly in the first half. And if you get down 17 to nothing to Tom Brady, I mean, you know, for the most part, especially with this offense, it is lights out and party over. So Uh, to me, you better start early and you better be aggressive early. Yeah, and talking about those those first-half struggles, Chris, I mean, the Buccaneers have had some first-half struggles themselves. 
Uh, but you kind of look at they've kind of come out of that a little bit. I don't know if Washington came out of it as much as, as Tampa necessarily did. But going into this matchup, I mean, when you look at, you know, obviously the Washington defense is going to be is going to have a big say in this game, uh, holding teams to an average 20.6 points per game uh, in, in 2020, which is very impressive. Uh, where does the halftime score need to be like how like if there is a deficit for Washington, obviously, if they're in the lead. You know, that's that's even better. But if Washington has a deficit going into the locker room, let's say best case scenario, they're getting the ball to start the third quarter. How big can that deficit possibly be, do you think, for them to have a shot of coming back in the second half? You know, I, I would say if it's anything more than 10, you know, they're going to be in, in a lot of trouble. Now, they are a strong second-half team, and they have been able to throw the football around the yard and get into a cohesion uh, and a rhythm on offense with Alex Smith, with Dwayne Haskins, who's no longer a part of this team, in the second half after looking completely dead in the first half. But I would I would also argue, you know, that was against teams like Detroit and and and, and uh, you know Carolina late when they were playing very soft coverage. Seattle, which isn't a great defense this year, the Giants, uh, which was a good defense this year, but they, you know, again th- when they've been at their best is when they're pass, 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 mm-hmm. one dimensional, and. I- Again, uh, what I would consider lesser defenses than probably what the Bucks are going to throw at them. To me, if you're one-dimensional because you can't or won't w- run the ball, and if you're down by 10, 12, 13, whatever, you know, look, you might be able to throw the rock and you might have some success and you might be able to get stay in the game, but you're never going to climb that mountain and win this game uh, because A, you're going to have to stop t- Tampa Bay's offense, and B, you're going to have to be almost perfect on your own offense. And against this defense, I- I'm sorry, I just don't see it. Like, no. uh, there's too many, you know, too many penalties. Uh, turnovers have been a major, major problem, David. I mean, they have had a couple of games with five turnovers in each mm-hmm. of those games. Um, against the Giants uh, at home, against the Cleveland Browns uh, on the road. I mean, they've had a couple of games with three-plus turnovers. You know, I mean, they're going to have to obviously keep it to one turnover or none, uh, which is very hard to fathom that they're going to be able to do. And again, if they can be a touchdown or or less uh, at the half, then like you'll feel like you got a shot. If they're down 13 points, I mean, Everybody will say, hey, you never know. But realistically, realistically, do we think if they're down by 13 at the half, they're coming back against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and that defense? Uh, find me somebody who thinks that because I don't know where that person is. Yeah, that would definitely be a tough mountain to climb, like you mentioned already. Um, and then this quarterback rotation business, you know, I don't, uh, some people think it's a little bit of smokescreen, but really, I mean, uh, from the reports I saw, Taylor Heineke took first team reps today. So I mean, yep. it, it apparently is not that big of a smokescreen. I don't think they're gonna they're gonna try to trick the Bucks so much that they they you know fake first team reps to the backup quarterback. Um, what do you think about the potential of, of rotating? I mean, how much does that say about the health of Alex Smith? Yeah, I mean, it says he's nowhere near a hundred percent, which has been you know a, pretty much a known deal for about a month now uh, here. And um, you know, I think ultimately Alex will start. I do. Um, but they've now for the last several weeks, four weeks, as a matter of fact, because it was Haskins for a couple of weeks before he was whacked. And now Heineke, where they've had to split these first team reps or give the backup quarterback most of, if not all of the first team reps, because Alex Smith just hasn't been able to consistently practice. And when he's been full go, uh, which he was on Christmas Day, came back into the facility the next day. 
uh, and he was, and, and he had, you know, kind of felt it at pulling on him. Uh, and then he didn't play that Carolina game. So only last week when he was limited in practice, uh, was he able to go? And then obviously as the game went along, it got worse on him and he felt it and he was less effective. So do I think they can rotate the quarterbacks? Yeah. By series, maybe, um, I I wouldn't expect it in any way, shape, or form by play. And some people have suggested to me, fans mostly, hey, you know, if if it's third and ten, uh, sub out Alex Smith and bring in Taylor Heineke. I, I don't see that happening. Ron Rivera was not specific. I was the one that actually asked him the question, uh, which gave him you know the platform to to answer it this way, which I was a little bit surprised by. Um, so yeah, I think it's a possibility. I would just say this, if Alex's calf is tightening up enough where he is clearly struggling and clearly hobbled and they are just sack a palooza or hit a palooza, uh, you know, then just pull the plug and go with Taylor Heineke. I mean, what do you have to lose? You know, but if Alex is able to kind of hang in there and fight and be resilient, then maybe you see, maybe you see in the second half or late in the first half, maybe you see Taylor Heineke in there for maybe a two minute situation or a tempo, you know, by design type situation, something like that. Buccaneers fans will never let me hear the end of it. If I don't ask you about Peyton Barber. So uh, Peyton, one of the Buccaneers undrafted gems that they found over the years, I said it when they got him out of Auburn. I said, listen, Peyton Barber is a guy who's going to be a starting running back in the NFL someday. And I was correct for at least a year. Um, and then Ronald <laughs> Jones kind of supplanted them there, specifically towards the end of last season. He ends up leaving as a free agent, lands there in Washington. I mean, I don't expect a whole lot, but is this is this going to be a Peyton Barber revenge game that we're going to see on Saturday? You know, I, I mean, part of me wants to say yes, because, uh, you know, you love that storyline and all that. But... Right. David, you know, they haven't used him a lot since week one. Yeah. You know, he had one game, I think, where he had 11 carries. Uh, I believe that was against Dallas, which was a blowout from pretty much the start uh, at home. Um, You know, he's been sprinkled in here and there. They mostly just use him in short yardage situation. You know, Mm -hmm. your third and ones, your fourth and ones, your third and two, your inside the five yard line type of situations. They don't use him, um, you know, as a receiver out of the backfield, even though I know he's got a little bit of skill in terms of the ability to do that they just don't use him creatively enough so you know i in the end because i expect them to be trailing much of if not all game i would probably venture i guess you're not going to see peyton barber more than five to seven times tops you know i'd be surprised if you see him more than that and actually that's you know if you see him 10, 12, 14, 15 times, that probably means Washington's winning somehow. Uh, and that's not probably good news for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, absolutely not. Uh, he's been Chris Russell, host of the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast on Twitter at WrestleMania621. I'm David Harrison, host of the Locked On Bucks podcast on Twitter at DHarrison82. Guys, stick around. If you're a Washington football team fan, stick around. I'm sure Chris has got some closing notes for you here on this episode. And Bucks fans, you always know I've got some last things to say to you before we get you out of here for today's Crossover Thursday episode. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Looking forward to the game. Good luck to you, and we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. My God, David, always good to be with you, my friend. I appreciate you, and uh, Happy New Year to all the Bucks fans out there, and good luck. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's episode. If you missed or you didn't write down everything, all the details of how you can get involved in that Buccaneers raffle that we played at the beginning of the episode. I'm going to play it one more time for you right now. Good day. This is your boy, Bucks Addict, coming from What the Buck Really Matters here to tell you about our new raffle we have going on for the new year. 
custom-made Buccaneer flag mailbox. This thing is an absolute beauty. Tickets cost $10 per um, ticket for the raffle, and the drawing will be held this Saturday at our watch party at our tailgate site, 3316 West Ohio Avenue in Tampa, right across from the Buck Stadium. If you're interested in getting into this drawing, you can look us up on Buck's Life fan page on Facebook or Aaron Hawkins on Facebook, E-R-I-N-H-A-W-K-I-N-S. This thing is a beauty. It was donated by a gentleman by the name of Greg Brower. It is a -a one-of-a-kind beautiful work of art, and you really need to see it and get your hands on it. So please come donate uh, your money and your time by coming out to the tailgate and getting this, getting in on this raffle. Beautiful prize for one lucky fan. Go Bucks! And that's going to do it for today's episode. James and I will be back tomorrow to wrap up our thoughts on this upcoming wildcard matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Washington football team. And look, guys, we got Scott Smith, senior writer and editor of Buccaneers.com, coming on to join us as well. So make sure you come back Friday. Check out our last episode of the week before. Another fun episode to listen to, if you missed it, was our episode on Wednesday where we had Buccaneers staff writer Carmen Vitaleon to recap the regular season. Had a little bit of fun with her going over a couple of games. It is a little bit longer than usual episode, but I think it's well worth your time if you take the time to enjoy and to listen to that. Until we speak again, guys, if you're out and about, please be safe. And we say it all the time, but we mean it even more now than ever. Please be good to one another. Wash your hands, and thank you so much for joining me right here at Lots on Bucks. <laughs>